Ahoy authors! You're listening to the Writership Podcast, a show focused on helping indie authors master self-editing skills. So come aboard and get ready to find the treasure in your manuscript with hosts Leslie Watts and Alyssa Archer. Welcome to episode 25 of the Writership Podcast. I'm Leslie Watts. And I'm Melissa Archer. With the Writership Podcast, we want to help you edit your way into a great book. If you'd like to find out more about Writership, you can find us on the web at writership.org. The Writership Podcast is brought to you by the Author Marketing Institute as part of the AMI Podcast Network. You can learn more about how AMI is helping authors by visiting www.authormarketinginstitute.com. Looking for more five-star reviews of your book? Of course you are. Become a premium member at Author Marketing Club and get access to their award-winning reviewer grabber tool. Find top-tier Amazon reviewers for your books in minutes. Check it out at www.authormarketingclub.com. Oh, here we are back in podcast land. Yes. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I'm doing well. I'm enjoying summer and uh, yeah. Oh, and I wanted to remind people that mm -hmm. uh, if they're curious or would like to read along with us as we're reading this our submissions of the week they can always check out our show notes at uh, writership.org forward slash podcast mm -hmm. and find the relevant episode uh, we always have our critique posted there so you can read along as we're reading mm -hmm. and of course um disagree and discuss and uh adjure suggestions right along with them. Yes, kind and constructive comments. Welcome. Naturally, everyone in our audience is kind and constructive. Come on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only the world were so. <laughs> so much like our kind and constructive audience members. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I agree. Absolutely. All right. Shall we get started with the quote of the week? Yes, let's do. Okay, this one comes from Angela Ackerman and Betta, Becca Polisi. The beauty of emotion is that it can be manipulated by internal and external stimuli, circumstances that amplify what a character is feeling. Hunger or extreme heat can increase strain and deplete the body to the point where goals seem insurmountable. Stress can unbalance the most stable of characters, opening them up to raw emotion, rash decisions, and ultimately mistakes that send them on a crash course with disaster. And again, that's Angela Ackerman and Becca Polisi. I wanted to do a maniacal laugh there right after disaster. <laughs> you and your maniacal laughs. I know. <laughs> Leslie looks really nice and then... Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. No, I can't even really do it. It's just, you know, I just have this. Yeah. Everybody has a dark side, right? Um, I love this quote. Um, Did you get that, ladies and gentlemen? Leslie is so nice. She just can't even give a proper maniacal laugh. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Um, But don't cut me off in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Now, yeah, you know what? I love this quote because... um, because right, one of the things we've talked about in the past is how each um, each type of story has its own special emotion or emotions that are evoked uh, by the story. And so today we have a suspense story, and so I thought it particularly uh, ripe for this quote and for that idea that you know like that we want to make sure to infuse as much emotion as we can into the story using every tool at our disposal so that we can really guide the reader without letting them know they're being guided to that emotion that we want them to feel. And of course, the crash course with disaster. (laughs) Oh... Yes, I agree. I agree. And I find that um, that's one place that beginning authors often miss is there's something quite significant that happens and they might they might miss out on having us experience the character's reaction to that significant event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dial it up. <laughs> so today's submission is from a novel called Gone, suspense novel. And this is an excerpt from the first chapter. This is published, so we will certainly have a link to the book in our show notes. And our author today is Stacy Claflin. And her website is www.stacyclaflin.com. That's C-L-A-F-L-I-N.com. All right. Watching. Sitting in his warm truck across from the park, Chester Woodrin watched her walk across the open field An overhead light turned on as she passed under it in the dusk. Her long, dark hair swished back and forth behind her. She wandered around the playground, walking between the climbers and slides, until she stopped in front of the swings. He had spent hours watching her, studying her. He knew her almost better than she knew herself. The moment of truth would arrive soon. She'd come a few minutes early, but he wouldn't deviate from the schedule. He would act exactly on time. He'd laid the groundwork. He wasn't going to let her change a thing. Chester pulled out his phone and scrolled through the pictures, stopping at his favorite. It was the girl in the park for sure, although he couldn't see the details of her face up close yet. He would have to wait a few minutes. From the phone, her light brown eyes shone at him. Her shy, almost insecure face smiled sweetly. His heart sped up at the thought of many weeks of work coming together at long last. The waiting was about to end. Clenching the steering wheel with all his might, he took several deep breaths to calm himself. Every precaution had been taken. Prepared with painstaking care, 
There was no chance of anything going wrong so long as he stayed with the plan. The alarm on his digital wristwatch beeped. He turned it off and then leaned back into the seat, adjusting his oversized glasses. It was time. Taken. Macy Mercer sat on the swing, clutching the cold metal chain. Soon she'd meet Jared, the sweet and adorable boy she met online. She pushed the dirt with her foot, swinging back and forth, listening to the leaves rustle nearby as a breeze picked up. The temperature felt like it had dropped 10 degrees, so she zipped up her hoodie as far as it would go. She should have worn a coat, but it was too late to go back home. A crow cawed in the distance giving her the chills. To distract herself, she grabbed the new smartphone she'd received for her 15th birthday. She checked the time. Jared still had another five minutes. Macy had been so eager to meet him that she'd sneaked out of her house a little early, eager for her first real date. Her parents had a stupid, outdated rule that she couldn't date until she turned 16. There was no way she would wait an entire year, not when her friends all went out every weekend. She looked around the empty park once more, the swing chains groaning as they carried her back and forth listlessly. Jared was supposed to meet her after his baseball practice. He was the star of the team and sometimes had to stay a little late because the coach expected more from him than anyone else. She scrolled through their latest texting conversation, her excitement building. The phone buzzed, startling her. Hoping that it was Jared, she scrolled to the bottom of the screen and smiled. Sorry, coach is keeping me late. Macy sighed, shivering in the cold Washington breeze. How long? About a half hour. The last thing Macy wanted was to put the date off, but it was really cold. You sure today still works? You want my dad to get you? Macy ran her hands through her freshly styled hair. Going with a grown man hadn't been part of the plan. She was just supposed to meet Jared and go to the mall, or maybe a movie, or to the arcade. They were going to play it by ear. Is it okay, or you want to wait? It was getting colder, and no way she wanted to sit here that long. The mall was too far to walk to but with his dad, she'd be warmer and see Jared sooner. They'd talk for so long over computers and texts. Macy didn't want to wait more. She'd show everyone she wasn't afraid to go out with a boy, no matter what her parents said. She texted him back. He's okay driving me? He offered. You can't come now? No, I have to help. Okay, your dad can pick me up. Okay, see you soon. Sliding the phone back into her pocket, she looked around again. Something didn't feel right, but she pushed it aside. She and Jared had known each other for a whole month, and he was sweet and funny. If he thought it was okay for her to go with his dad, it was fine. She wasn't a little girl anymore. Macy held her chin a little higher. A green pickup truck with a black canopy pulled into the empty parking lot. Macy squinted, trying to see if the driver looked like an old version. 
Jared's profile pictures. She couldn't tell. The lights flashed the high beams, and she took that as her cue to go. She held her handbag close, stood tall, and walked to the truck, trying to look mature and sophisticated. As she neared the truck, the passenger door opened. The man sitting in the driver's seat looked nice enough. He had dark, straight hair, with a receding hairline and big, geeky glasses. He kind of reminded her of her biology teacher, who always cracked science jokes that only he laughed at. Macy? He readjusted his glasses and ran his hands through his hair. Yeah, she leaned all of her weight on her left foot, biting the right side of her lower lip. He gave her an awkward smile. I'm Jared's dad. He said you needed a ride to his practice. She nodded. The car radio played classic rock, like what her dad listened to. She relaxed a little. He patted the bench seat. Come on in. He's almost done with practice. Okay. <clears throat> Macy climbed in and closed the door. The warm air felt good after being out in the cold. She buckled in. Thanks for the ride. No problem. Jared didn't want you sitting outside in the cold. Did you have a good day? Sure. She shrugged. Just school and stuff. He pulled out of the parking lot and turned right. His phone made robot noises and he pulled it up to his ear. Jared, what's going on? Yeah? She's here with me. Oh, okay, I'll let her know. He put the phone away. Jared has to stay a little longer. Hey, I have a quick errand to run. Mind if I run to the hardware store before dropping you off at his school? Well, how much longer is he going to be? Macy spun a ring around her finger, nervous. Maybe I should go back home. I can always meet him a different day. It's okay. I get it. I'll take you to the school. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. You don't even know me. Or back to the park. I can just walk back home. Her heart pounded. Something wasn't right. Jared will be so disappointed. Let me take you to the school. I didn't mean to creep you out. He turned and smiled at her. I wasn't thinking. She sighed. Okay. At least she would be able to get out of the truck. She could take a bus back home, or if worse came to worse, she could always call her parents. She'd be grounded for sneaking out, but that might not be so bad. Just, as, just so long as she could get out of the truck. Macy's stomach twisted in a knot, growing tighter the farther they went. Her mouth grew increasingly dry. She watched as street sign after street sign passed by. Maybe I should go back. I think I might have forgotten something at home. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, I need to go back home. Well, if you really think so, I'll break the news to Jared. I'm sure he'll understand. He pulled out his phone and activated the voice command. Call Jared. Wait. Yes? Well, uh, since he was being so nice, maybe she was overreacting. You don't have to call him. <laughs> Ah, that's the point where I want to scream, no, Macy, just get out of the truck. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Boy. Oh, this is, I really enjoyed this piece. Um, 
I'm just going to jump right in. <laughs> uh, oh, please do. Yeah. Yeah. So this is suspense and uh, I think it's well done. The um, We get the, we get Chester um, in his truck looking out at, um, at Macy. We don't know it's Macy yet, but we know he's watching a young girl um, at the, at the playground. And so by the time we switch to Macy's point of view, we know she's in jeopardy, right? She's in danger. So that is, that is really well done. If we had just started with Macy swinging, because I'm sure the cover of this story indicates that it's a suspense. We would know before reading that it's a suspense um, story, but this helps us experience it. And like where we can see what she can't see. And um, so it's really great. I love that. Yeah, you're already, as you understand the point of view switch, you're working through what Chester has done to set this up and how just evil it is. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. Why did you get yeah. in the car in the first place? Right, right. Didn't your parents tell you that? <laughs> Who's your buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a great setup because, yeah, she's there. Her parents don't know she's there. You know, oh, Eek. And that perfect combination of teenage defiance and uh, her unwillingness to listen to her intuition, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, my big suggestion for this piece, I think it's really the the prose is really tight. There's just a few copy editing suggestions that you can find in the um, in our critique on the show notes. Um, but what what I thought might improve this piece is some more adding some more visceral feelings we're inside uh chester's head and then we're inside macy's head and it would be really good to know what they're feeling and just have um you know well so macy goes from right she's at first, she's anticipating her first date, and she's super excited about it. And so maybe butterflies are a little, little cliche, but I'd like to know, like, what is she feeling? What is she doing that conveys stuff? I like that she's the way she's on the swing. And I like that she's zipped up her coat because it's cold, or her hoodie, rather. Um, but I want to know, know more of, like, what is the anticipation of her first date doing? And then... I want to feel more of her disappointment when Jared texts her and says he's not ready yet, that the coach is keeping her late, him late. Um, I want to, you know, what does that feel like? How does, how does that manifest? Um, and then when she's in the van and she's warm, but then, uh, this guy who purports to be Jer Jared's dad is real, is kind of creepy. He's normal at first, right? All of the stuff, like he reminds her of her science teacher and he reminds her the the music that he listens to is her dad's music. Um, so this is these are all really great details, but I want to know more about her internal experience um, because that will help me experience the story even more. 
Nice. Yeah, I agree. This, I mean, I think that would help. And I think that this piece already does just a really nice job of, of building that tension. And I guess I want to, I want to say that one of the reasons that we accept submissions that are this tight is because it helps as authors for us to look at what's working well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really dissect it or examine it and say, why is it working well? And I think we've covered a little bit of that um, today in this discussion, but certainly take a look on our website at writership.org forward slash podcast at episode 25 25 <laughs> 25 for the show notes there and you'll be able to see the inline critique and and you know make your own suggestions or, or see if you agree with us does this do its job of pulling you in and uh <clears throat> delivering on the promise of the genre and at that rate to miss leslie do you have an editorial mission for us today I do. Today's editorial mission is how does it feel? (laughs) So I want you to pick a random 10 pages of your manuscript and to read and check to see if you've conveyed how your POV character feels so that the reader can essentially slide into his or her skin. If you need help, I actually suggest uh, Angela Ackerman and Becca Polisi's books. Uh, One is called The uh, Emotion Thesaurus, and one is called Emotion Amplifiers. These are great for if you know what you want to convey, but you don't know exactly how to do it. There are some great suggestions in those books. So um, if you're having trouble with those, check those out trouble with conveying emotion and what's going on inside your character with um, so that you can show rather than tell what's going on, then I recommend those books. Excellent. Thank you. And how about I remind everyone that the Writership Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Author Marketing Institute, which you can find at www.authormarketinginstitute.com. Don't forget to get more five-star reviews of your books, become a premium member at Author Marketing Club, and get access to their award-winning reviewer grabber tool. Check it out at www.authormarketingclub.com. All right, that's it for today. Please remember to visit us on the web at writership.org. Join our crew and you'll get a free copy of The Writership Sampler, a book full of exercises and writing prompts to inspire you. You can also learn more about our editing services and sign up for our monthly editing newsletter. We'll see you next time on The Writership Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Writership Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and sharing the show with your author friends and communities. And right after you do that, make sure to contact the hosts, Leslie and Alyssa, to help you find the treasure in your manuscript. Head on over to writership.org forward slash podcast to submit your pages.